much love. jet plane don't know when we'll be back again jk it's episode 13 of ravage love hi julie hello renee how are you cold it's cold here but i'm okay i think my kids went back to school and i think like the first day i think they gave me a bug i had like a sore throat oh rude yeah right it is sick all year yeah you're (laughs) like masks damn yeah, and also here in Ottawa, it also went from being extremely hot last week to uh, quite cold here today. Mm-hmm. I think it's like yeah. 10. And in Toronto and Kingston, I believe, and Peterborough, they had snow. So oh the nightmare you dealt with a few weeks ago has now come our way. So I'm, so I'm glad that our theme this week let me pretend that I was going somewhere tropical and warm. <laughs> same but before we get into it i have news for us <gasps> do tell you ready yeah okay, so i was checking our um our like distribution logistics on our website and Nerd. yeah um <laughs> and we are way past five thousand downloads since last year which is great what? but julie what? we have 19 downloads in australia oh we did it we have somebody or multiple people in australia somebody downloaded 19 episodes oh Um, my god i love it don't don't know which ones um i i kind of hope it wasn't the ones where i do an accent but to (laughs) our australian listeners slash listeners know that any australian accent i do is purely with appreciation and love thank you for listening to our show Absolutely. I was in Melbourne in November 2019 and uh, they just recently, I wonder, they just recently got back into another lockdown. Um, So I wonder if the people in Melbourne are like really trying to find as much entertainment as possible and that's why they're (laughs) downloading every podcast they can find. But yeah, poor Melbourne. When I was there, they were like the only city that hadn't yet been impacted by the massive wildfires and then the pandemic happened and they've had one of the strict like strictest lockdowns in the world oh poor people of melbourne love them great if you love coffee melbourne is excellent for coffee culture really yeah they're very into coffee and the best vegan meal i've ever had in my entire life was in melbourne and uh, I don't know how lots true of that is because I've definitely made you soy chicken nuggets and Sour Patch Kids, so I'm not sure <laughs> why you would go ahead and say that, Julie, because I put a lot of love in my food. <laughs> I mean, fair point, but also, to your credit, you are right in that Edmonton, both Pedmanody and um, Veggie, Garden. Veggie, Veggie Garden are two of my favorite, favorite vegan spots, but... I do have a special place in my heart for Melbourne, certainly. Um, They have extremely questionable views on Indigenous people. Uh, I had to explain to people in Melbourne that the Inuit are real people. They were shook, uh, did (sighs) not know that was true. And these were incredibly progressive feminist identified people who genuinely did not understand that Inuit people were real and not just the cartoon on the front of their coolers because they call coolers eskies true story and there's a picture of an igloo and an inuit person on the front of it and they genuinely just thought it was a cartoon i'm like no that's a real culture this is gross 
we have a team here in Edmonton called the Edmonton Eskimos and oh. Alberta is like, just does not want to give up the name. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, yes. Yeah, and I mean, an excellent reminder that yes, to be clear, I'm not saying that uh, everyone else in the world sucks at understanding indigenous issues and Canada's like super decolonized. Not <laughs> at all, but at least people <laughs> in Canada know that Inuit are people who exist mm-hmm. in our current time and day, these people legit did not. So yeah, complicated I relationship mean, with Burn, but thank you for, for downloading. This, for this <laughs> corner of like the planet though, from the North. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. Um, and I totally understand how part of colonization is acting as though indigenous cultures are these interesting artifacts and no longer living, breathing mm. cultures. Yep. So uh, I get it. And to their credit, everyone was absolutely like, tell me everything. I don't want to be awful. So, uh, but it was just very interesting to see how Melbourne is basically a hotter, like Australia as a whole is a hotter temperature wise, <laughs> um, more racist version of Canada. Uh, but Melbourne in particular, I definitely fell in love. Big fan. Their transportation system is amazing. The people were really chill. Um, yeah. And then going to Australia, I got to see fairy penguins, which is truly one of the top 10 experiences of my life is to see them out in the wild, just like strutting around the beach. (laughs) So thank you so much to Australian listeners. Big fan. So, you know, when I, um, when I moved here to Alberta, there's magpies here and they're beautiful birds. People hate them. I think they're lovely. I think they're really clever, but I had only ever seen videos of swooping season from Australia mm. where the magpies like dive at people and attack them. And so I was like, holy shit, I need to get a helmet. And everybody's like, what are you, what are you talking about? I was like swooping season. They're like, that's not a thing here because everything in, in Australia wants to kill you in Alberta. Everybody's all the birds are just like, can I have some French fries, please? And you're like, take it. Just take it. So there's no swooping season here, but there is in Australia, and that's fun. Not fun for them, but it's magpies here don't do that. <laughs> They're just pretty. That's just my ignorance of the avian species. I mean, that's fine. I was a small town girl from northern Ontario who went to the East Coast in the seventh grade and was shocked that there were seagulls at the beach. And my father said, They're <laughs> called sea gulls. And I was like, I literally only thought they lived at chip stands. So. <laughs> because if you, if you live, if you live in Northern Ontario or like anywhere rural in Canada yeah. outside of an ocean, seagulls yeah. are literally just pests when you're trying to eat French fries. <laughs> and true. my dad's like, no, they don't eat garbage and puts in. They eat actual fish they are supposed to be by the sea and i was like huh it's not interesting wow. the more you know so i can't judge your misunderstanding of magpies <laughs> <laughs> oh that's lovely okay all it's right we've covered story. birds we've covered australia <laughs> now let's, let's get into it ride. yeah so this week our theme was what renee pilots we're taken Pil- to the skies we are taken to the skies so it was actually difficult to find a book about pilots. I was quite surprised. I thought for mm-hmm. sure there would be several, whether in the military genre or holidays, 
but there weren't. So I couldn't find any romance. I did find a little bit of erotica, unsurprisingly, very much obsessed with the mile high mm-hmm. um, kind of trope. Yep. So I read Sex in the Sun, volume Ooh. one, by Ooh, Rory wow. Hitch. And I'm going to okay. tell you that according to the interwebs, Rory Hitch is an internationally best-selling and award-winning author devoted to giving his readers hot and sexy adventures. Okay. He writes contemporary erotica. Most of it is free, which is pretty cool. Oh. And the book I read was published in 2012. It was very short. So let mm-hmm. me uh, tell you about it. So there's Eve and it. Tina. And they're girlfriends. One of them's a hot ginger. The other one. So it's basically two femmes. And they are parting at the airport, making out. All of the men are salivating. They're super into it. And they're very clear that they're just free. They're just free birds. You know, they're two women who are best friends and fuck all the time, but are open to fucking other people and just truly living the dream. So Eve and Tina are saying goodbye because Eve is starting a job as a... It's not really clear, but it sounds like it's kind of like a travel agent who's going to be posted at a resort somewhere down south. Oh, in Greece, actually. Pardon me. In Greece. And so she's saying goodbye to her girlfriend. And they just... (laughs) Rory felt it important to know that her girlfriend Tina was going home. um, And to deal with her sadness, she was going to have a... MMF threesome, so two men and herself, um, to cheer herself up that her girlfriend was leaving. I was like, thank you for that detail, obvious straight man who wrote this book. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, across the airport is Mary. And Mary is a travel agent who is a little bit shy, a little bit reserved, not really one to put herself out there, but she is nervously waiting for her new work partner. Uh, we of course figure out oh it's going to be Eve so Eve and Mary do not know each other but they're going to be working side by side at this resort in Greece and so you follow Mary just kind of you know going through security then sitting on the plane her friends her partner's still not there like oh my god is this woman gonna miss her flight cut to Eve while it wasn't enough for Eve to get a bunch of attention making out with her hot ginger girlfriend in the Mm. uh, security lineup she then um finds the customs official super hot. I was really put <laughs> off by the fact that the author felt the need, didn't talk about anyone else's race, but really felt the need to tell us that it was a black man. Uh, so he was very into the black man at the customs office. So she decides that she's going to seduce him and like pretends that there's something in her luggage that shouldn't be there. So they go to a back room and she just blows him really aggressively and he's super (laughs) into it. And then she just walks away and you're like, okay. Um, Then she just hops on the plane and then Mary's like, oh, hey, hi, I'm going to be your new work partner in Greece. And she's like, oh my God, that's so great. And they start chatting um, and they're both like, oh, you're cute. You're cute. Okay. Okay. But they're like, oh my God, we're going to have such a good time. And I'm really looking forward to working together. Um, and I hope, you know, it's such a good sign that we've hit it off really quickly. And then Mary, the fucking flight attendant comes with the drink tray. And Mary's like, oh, great. I'm going to get some drinks, but not Eve. Eve is like, I'm going to fuck that stewardess. <laughs> so she like, puts her hand on the stewardess's leg and I'm like, that's sexual harassment, motherfucker. And then it's like, ooh, oopsies. And then follows the flight attendant to this storage room in the back of a plane. 
And the stewardess, okay. the stewardess is like, I just want to feel your pussy on my face. And so then she starts eating <laughs> her out. Okay. And you're like, within seconds, you're like, okay, cool. And then the pilot walks in on them and pulls him, like, pulls her off of her and is like, this is your last day working here. And she's like, oh, and cries and leaves. And then Eve feels sorry for her. So she tricks the pilot into coming into the closet with her then starts feeling up the pilot, then starts blowing the pilot. And as she's doing so, she's pretending that she's recovering from having been traumatized by the stewardess. So she's like, she assaulted me while she's like unbuttoning her shirt. And you're like, oh my God, this is gross. So then she starts Uh. blowing the pilot, films herself blowing the pilot, then the pilot leaves she sits back down in her seat they land and she goes to go up to the stewardess in question and they're like oh she's not feeling well she's still hanging back so she's like oh can i go and talk to her they're like yeah for just a second and then she goes up to the stewardess and she's like here's a video footage of me blowing the pilot so if he tries to fire you you can show this as blackmail and the stewardess is like oh my god thank you so much she's like no problem chica and then goes back to mary and the plane is descending into Greece. And the end. Okay. That was so painfully written by a man. Okay. Thank you, Renee Cabena Marshall. Because 100% of the time I was just like, this is a man. This is a straight man who wrote this. Holy fuck. Could you be more transparent? Yeah. Like, Ugh. First of all. I mean, again, I understand it's erotica. It's fantasy. People are living their lives. I get it, right? We read stories about people fucking T-Rexes. Like, I get it. But I'm making out, like, a femme making out with a femme. I'm I'm like, I'm a femme who loves other femmes. But, like, I also know it's a trope of men just want to be like, yeah, it's two hot chicks. They're like, right from the jump, you're like, okay, this is not critical femme representation. This is, like, dude bro stereotypes. And then, yeah, I'm going to just go blow a cuss. Like, I don't know who's just giving out oral and expecting nothing in return. Like, no one gets off blowing another person. That just doesn't exist. That's not a thing. That is a dream that men tell themselves. It's like that funny meme about, like, you're blowing a guy. And then at the end, he's like, did you come? And you're like, what the fuck? You never touched me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. was the, the entire 15 pages of this book. Um, so it, it just made me angry. And then I was like, I could read volume two. I could try to find it, but I'm like, it's going to be bad. Yeah. So in terms of like free erotica on the internet, I think I found like one or two typos, but generally the writing was actually not terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the genital descriptions were pretty standard fare, except for when it came to her sucking a big black cock, which yeah. he referred to as his ebony tool. And I was like, uh-huh. Um, so not great so in terms of spice factor I mean it was some of it was hot so I'm going to give it 3 out of 5 spicy Caesars and if you've never taken a flight in Canada Australian listeners for example I do not know why actually I do know but when you fly and when you take the train it is astounding the amount of people who order a Caesar I don't understand it (laughs) then I found out there's no excuse for the flights or for the trains. There's no excuse for the trains. But I found out that tomato juice literally tastes differently 
in the air because of some something that happens in the air. I don't know if it's air pressure or some shit, oh. but it is why people have um, like are more likely to cry on an airplane because it actually like impacts you physiologically. But the tomato juice or clamato juice tastes different on a plane. <laughs> so every, huh. notice, notice next time you fly, the amount of people who order Caesars, if you take a via rail train in Canada, the amount of people who ask for a Caesar is fucking off the chain. So every time I think of traveling, I always think of some of the is having a Caesar. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm giving it three out of five spicy Caesars because there were definitely some spicy elements, but I just couldn't get past the fact that I knew this was some like, yeah, stereotypical male gaze nonsense. And I just that it, yeah, it distracts me. So huh. how about you? Yeah. What'd you read? Well, I do want to just say that I had my first Caesar ever recently. Um, and I never I never had like a Clamato anything before because I was like, it's just gazpacho. Like, I don't want that. Um, <laughs> but I tried it. It was in a can. It was all right. You know, it would be a, a fast way for me to get vegetables, frankly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's like the adult V8. I love I mean, I yeah. can't have Caesars uh, because I'm very allergic to vodka and very allergic to um animal protein but a virgin caesar like a virgin vegan caesar it's still it's still oh, fuck i love caesars like the the salt yeah. rim and but yes i agree it's like guinness and like gazpacho you're just like why is this like why is this a drink yeah. when it should be a, a like i'm confused by the texture of it but yeah uh still a big fan especially with the like- spicy bean Ooh, shit yeah, mine was just like in a can because I'm classy. Um, but I could see how like a celery stick would be nice, like a nice crunchy little little piece of celery. Yes. I'm, I'm into that. But I'm actually allergic to celery. Would still eat it. Oh wow. Yeah, makes my lips numb, which would be great for a blowjob. But here we are. Um, oh, so what did you read? <laughs> so my book was also written by a man, but I'm not okay. I'm just gonna go into it before I tell you who wrote it. Um, so Jim's tune works for Grimble camping um, equipment. And Jim's is just a really happy-go-lucky person. He, you know, has worked really hard to, you know, learn to love his life and, like, love everything that he does. You know, you know, when you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And that applies to Jim's tune. So Jim's um, sells camping equipment. He's really good at reading a room, reading what the people want. And so because he also loves to camp, he loves camping, he is able to schedule his meetings around camping trips so he can go to these meetings and then go camping for a little bit and just be one with nature. Just loves it. So he travels a lot. So one day Jim's has, you know, finished his meetings. He's about to fly out, but he's um, gone into nature to kind of just like hike and he decides to sit and kind of meditate the sounds you know listen to the birds and the bees and all these things and then he hears like a babbling brook off in the distance and he's like well i have to go see this brook before i before i leave right um so he he gets up and he's heading over to the brook and there standing in the brook is a beautiful handsome bigfoot um my book is called Pounded by My Handsome Bigfoot Pilot by none other than Mr. Chuck Tingle. Oh, yes! I didn't know you read Chuck Tingle this week. I'm so excited! <laughs> you know, I, I realized we kind of had this unspoken agreement that we would do it together, um, but this was the shortest book I could find. <laughs> and 
I was like, you know what? I need, I need a cryptid. I just need a cryptid this week. So this is what I went with. So there he meets this, this, this Bigfoot and he's just kind of standing in the, in the, in the brook, you know, kind of soaking his big feet. His pants are rolled up. He's not wearing a shirt. And Jim's is like, he's so fine. Oh my God. And he kind of like notices his bulge, but he doesn't want to stare. Cause he's like, you know, this is, this is a man out in nature and I don't want to be weird. Um, so he goes over and he introduces himself and he's like, you know, the, the Bigfoot says, my name is Court Crimbley. His name's Court Crimbley. Um, and they're kind of like, oh, wow, you know, what are you, what are you doing on here? And they're like, oh, I'm just taking a break from work, but I'm on the clock right now. And, you know, they're kind of like, oh, my God, that's so weird. Me too. So, you know, he, Jim's explains why I sell camping and adventure equipment. Um, and then Court is like, well, well I, I'm a pilot. I'm, I'm actually about to fly out. And uh, Jim's is like, oh, that's crazy. Me too. Like. And he's like, oh, well, where are you going? And it turns out that he's going to be the pilot on Jim's flight. And they're like, that's such a weird coincidence. But OK. And now Jim's is kind of feeling off of his game. You know, he, he really is into him, but he's kind of thrown off because he is such a handsome Bigfoot that he's like, oh, I, I don't really know how to flirt with this beautiful man. So he's like, OK, well, I'll, I'll see you later. And he runs away. And uh, it was just kind of a weird way to end things. But he's he's at his flight he's boarding the plane and who is standing greeting passengers but pilot court Crim crimbley who is in his very very handsome pilot's outfit and he notices uh jim's right away and he's like hi hi it's so great to see you and then jim's is wearing his work uniform and and his it says like grimbley camping and adventure equipment on it and he's like oh oh you're you're with grimbley and he's like yeah, yeah, yeah i am but he's getting pushed onto the plane so he goes and he sits down and Jim's is kind of, you know, kind of disappointed because he really liked him. And, you know, there were all these coincidences that kind of drew them together. But he's like, you know what? He's a pilot. He's going to jet off to, you know, get some other lover. And, you know, I kind of missed my chance, but that's OK. And, you know, because he's a positive guy, he's just a positive guy. <laughs> so he kind of takes a little snooze on the plane and then he's woken up to a little bit of turbulence. And he's like, oh, shit, what was that? And then um, a flight attendant comes over and says, sir, can you come with me? The pilot wants to see you in the cockpit. And he's like, oh. Okay, so he heads over to the cockpit and there is Court being the handsome Bigfoot that he is. And he's like, ah, Jim's, it's so great to see you. And he greets him with like open arms. And he's just like, wait, how are who's like, well, there's no co-pilot here. How are you flying the plane? And he's like, oh, everything's computers now. You know, don't worry about it. We're, we're safe. We're fine. And then he noticed Jim's notices Court's big bulge again. And he's like, fuck, like, I, I can't I can't keep looking at his package. Like, this is so rude. So. Court's like, you know, I, I just wanted to talk to you about uh, Grimbley and, you know, the company that you work for. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I saw like, you know, the, the camping equipment and, you know, adventure equipment there. And so um, uh, Mr. Bigfoot's like, oh, well, do you work in the strap-on division? He's like, oh, you mean the adventure strap-ons? The Grimble 4000, you mean? He's like, yeah, that's what I wear. I wear the Grimble 4000 because it turns out that they're both trans men. Oh. Yeah, they're both trans men. And so he's like, oh, I, you know, I, I love the Grimble 4000. It's what I'm wearing right now. And then Jim's just like, oh, my God, I'm wearing the Grimble 4000, too. That's so crazy. Like, I can't believe we're both trans and we're both on this flight. Like, it's such a crazy coincidence. And he's like, okay, well, Jim's like, how do I get my hands on the upcoming Grimble 5000? And Jim's decides to take his shot because as Michael Scott once said, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So 
He takes a shot and he said, well, you could get your hands on me. And that's when it happens, Julie. So um, <laughs> Court starts to like take off his clothes and then he takes off his flaccid strap on, goes into his bag, his pilot's bag and pulls out an erect strap on. And they're like, let's do this. But before they do, after they've shared a warm embrace, they talk consent and they talk about what is going to happen between them, what they like, what they don't like, what's going to be important. And they reiterate that it's like, it's so important to have communication, especially between trans folks. I loved it. And that's what I'm going to read today because it's lovely. Oh, I love that. I okay, know. Great. I know. I loved it. Um, So they just have like this really great um encounter and really beautiful, consensual, lovely intercourse on a plane between a trans man and his trans Bigfoot. And then um, when it's all over, he's like, so where are you going now? And he's like, well, you know, I'm just flying all over. And Jim's is like, you know, well, I'll go with you. And he's like, well, that's never going to work. It's never going to work for us. I'm a pilot. You work. He's like, I actually go where I want to go and I make my own hours. So happy ending. Jim's goes with court. They're going to be together. I don't know for how long, but it's so beautiful. And um, that's the story. It was great. It was, I it was, love that. Yeah, it was. A, I'm so happy I read it, and I, I, I think it really is a good contrast to your story, where here's a man that wrote a really lovely story. And I'm not going to go into the background of Chuck Tingle. He's prolific. Y'all can Google him if you don't know anything about Chuck Tingle. But do yourself the favor. You're gonna, you're gonna love it. Like his work is so lovely and so tender, so silly, um, but always consensual always consensual there's no question you're gonna get a consensual lovely experience with a bigfoot or a mountain or a roller coaster or whatever a juice box you want it he's got it um so that was my story and i'm gonna give it five out of five a roasted pine cones it was great spicy it was great lovely I love it so much. And I'm so glad you did Chuck Tingle. I didn't know you were doing that. And I love it. Please, please read this scene to us. Okay. You ready? I'm so ready. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. I'll try to do my best Bigfoot voice. <laughs> oh, now I'm curious. Okay. Uh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> so what kind of connections do you have at Grimble Adventure in gear? The handsome Bigfoot pilot continues. I want to get my hands on a Grimble 5000. My heart pounding hard in my chest, I suddenly have the faintest flash of an erotic one liner in my head. A sentence so ridiculous that I'm not sure I could ever say it with the confidence required still. I'm tempted. And as I remember the way it felt strolling past my Bigfoot pilot earlier, it might be worse to live with the regret of never taking my shot. You could always just get your hands on me, I finally reply. Court stops, eyeing my body up and down for a moment, then slowly allowing a playful smile to creep its way across his face. I realize now to my great relief that the feelings between us haven't just been similar on the surface, but amount to a deep and powerful mutual attraction. I watch as the handsome pilot strips down to nothing, his clothes coming off slowly as he reveals his incredibly toned body. His cock is just as impressive as when I could only witness it as a bulge through fabric, and I observe as for... Um, and I observe as the furry creature reaches into his bag to pull out a new, fully erect shaft. Court replaces the flaccid member with his new stiff one, then strolls back towards me with so much confidence it causes my breath to catch in my throat. Oh my god, I stammer as Court wraps his arms around my body, pulling me close and kissing me deeply on the mouth. 
The second we embrace, a powerful surge of pleasant warmth floods across my frame. I'm achingly horny in a way that's exciting and new, but I also feel strangely safe for such an exciting, tension-filled moment. Cord immediately gets to work tearing away my clothing and tossing it to the side, scraps of uh, colorful fabric piling up around us. Soon enough, I'm completely naked as well, my body fully exposed to my muscular Bigfoot lover. Do you want an erect cock for yourself? Court questions. I've got a spare in my bag. No thanks, I reply. Not yet, anyway. We pull each other close, looking deep into one another's eyes now. A myriad of different emotions begin, uh, to, begin to flow through the two of us, saying much more than words ever could. But of course, words are also important, especially in this particular situation. Before we get started, what are you interested in from me? Asked the Bigfoot. Well, I began, I want you to know that I enjoy using both holes. I know some people only like the butt, but I enjoy both. That's just a personal preference. What about you? Only the butt for me, please, replies the handsome Bigfoot. I'd rather not even mention anything else. Of course, I reply with a smile. I hope it's okay that I like both. Everyone's different, explains Court. We have so much in common, uh, and being trans is one of those things, but in being trans... There are also uh, many variations of how we feel about our bodies or how we want to be identified. That's a really, really great thing. It just means communication is important. Well, communication is always important during sex, I retort with a laugh, sometimes verbal and sometimes in the little touches and movements and sensations. And then they get into it. I fucking love it. And I love that we didn't plan this and we're going to give people a <laughs> master class in how men can write erotica because you just i mean chuck tingle just set the bar and now i'm going to bum everyone out <laughs> <laughs> all right all right can you do it with a bigfoot accent though uh, i don't even know is there any dialogue in this oh okay yeah i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it some fucked up accents because it's the Thank only you. way i can redeem it so this is the plot twist of mine this is the prologue so Ooh. I described to you how Mary is this reserved person because that's the way she's described in the current context, uh -huh. but 24 hours. So it starts with the prologue and then it goes 24 hours earlier. And that's the part I told you about them meeting at the airport and stuff. Mm -hmm. So here's innocent Mary sitting on a plane while her uh, colleague is banging the customs agent, then banging a flight attendant, then banging a pilot, and then just sitting back down and not saying a word. Okay. <clears throat> Page one, word one. Here we go. Whew. Being on a summer holiday can seem like an escape to another world. Perhaps when you decide to spend a whole summer working in a Greek holiday resort, that world of sun and happiness can quickly turn you into a different person, Mary thought. It would certainly explain the incredible change in her over the last 24 hours. When she arrived, she was a shy and reserved girl that had only had one boyfriend. He was now her ex-boyfriend and was long forgotten back in England while she found herself naked on a deserted beach. Actually, it wasn't quite deserted. She was on her hands and knees on a giant beach towel while a young man who worked at the hotel she was staying at, vigorously, which is spelled wrong, fucked her from behind. She groaned as his fat cock slid in and out of her, her pleasure heightened partly by the thrill of having sex in public and partly because she had an audience of two sitting on their own towel only a few feet away. The young Scandinavian couple were also naked, and the handsome young man was sporting a very impressive erection. His girlfriend was stroking it as she watched, and Mary could tell she was just as turned on as her partner. Her long blonde hair spilled down over her shoulders, but wasn't long enough to hide her beautiful full breasts. 
Mary could see a darker triangle of hair between her legs, and when the girl saw her looking, she parted her legs a little. Mary saw the dark crease of her pussy and looked up to smile at her, accepting the unspoken invitation. As the young man kept up his fucking, now starting a slow and steady rhythm, she found maddeningly sexy. She wondered why she was suddenly so turned on by the pretty girl. In her old life, she'd never seen, she'd never even thought about making love with a woman. But over the last few weeks, the idea had slowly become more appealing. She'd never tried it, but he, ke but she kept looking at that sexy girl. Oh God! Shouted the young man behind her. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm coming! <laughs> Mary! <laughs> Mary slid off of him, turning onto her back to watch as the pretty young blonde eagerly knelt before him, taking him into her mouth and looking up at him with big blue eyes as he exploded in her mouth. She what? gently slid her- yeah, gross. She gently slid her mouth up and down him as his juice pumped into her. Oh! No. And Mary could see the girl's lips become glossy with the juices Mary's pussy had left on her lover's shaft. As the young man collapsed onto the sand, utterly spent, the girl's boyfriend joined them, kneeling between Mary's legs. Would you like this? He smiled. <laughs> Offering his erection, Mary opened her legs in response, amazed at her wantonness. It felt so good sliding in, and Mary stretched out on the towel as he expertly probed her. Yeah. Her eyes were on his girlfriend, however, who kneeled by her side and leant in to ask a question in broken English, her full boobs swaying so sexily <laughs> as she bent closer. <laughs> Please, I sit on your face! <laughs> yes! Was all Mary could manage. Within moments, the girl was squatting over her, Mary gazed up at the tidy beauty of the girl's pink outer lips, anticipating the pleasure of kissing her there, letting her tongue explore her, tasting her, giving her pleasure, and making her come. How she had managed to change so much, from a quiet girl next door living in an unremarkable life with a sex life to match, to this uninhibited free spirit. Sex was now a way of having fun, enjoying giving and receiving pleasure, whatever the mood took her and with whomever she chose. Her old life seemed like a dream, and it was a past she had no intention of returning to. She decided she didn't know if she had become a woman she now was, and as she opened her mouth to lick at the folds of flesh above her, she decided that she did not care. Da da da! I deeply appreciate the artistic licensing you took to give the Scandinavian woman a Cockney accent. <laughs> I, I mean, love it. Deep, deep curtsy over here from me. I mean, I just don't know that most people understand my artistic vision. And so I'm just really touched by the fact that you see me as an artist. Oh, yes. Um, and Julie, <laughs> I see you for all that you are. Thank you so, so much. Uh, that was Pilot Week. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So why don't you tell the lovely kidlets what we're doing next week, Renee? <gasps> oh, well, next week is the start of pride month is it not julie it sure is june it's is our month girl it's our time to shine so next week is the first episode in june june is pride month so we've agreed that we're going to read books about pride but what's the little hook that we are each gonna do a subgenre of it. So that could mean Regency, that could mean shifters, that could mean aliens, it could mean 
anything you want. It could be daddies. It could be mommies. It could be pilots again, whatever we want. But we're not going to tell each other our subgenres until next week's episode. Cannot wait. And what I love is pride is truly a rainbow, a rainbow um, (laughs) of beauty and filth. And also, you know, pride breeds could be lesbians, could be gay, could be bi, could be trans, could be pan, could be ace, could be so many things. So it could be all of it. And I bet we could find it. Oh, absolutely. So I'm excited for Pride Month. Join us all next month where we take ourselves on an adventure and then surprise each other with like we did this week. I cannot believe I love I love that we had such a great example of how to do it right and how to do it wrong. And you know what? This is the first time I've read a book with trans characters on the show. And not only that, like they were wearing uh, strap-ons they were consensual they had like really good it was just lovely and you know what not only were these my first trans characters my first trans bigfoot my first trans cryptid (laughs) excellent point and an excellent example again of how you can do it right or you can do it wrong because there are so Mm. many books especially erotica erotica short stories about trans and intersex people and it's they're so offensive and the language is so problematic so yeah it's not that you can't write stories about trans men or trans people it's that you gotta not be a dick about it so thank you chuck tingle poo on you (laughs) the person (laughs) freaking rory hitch um and his male gaze of Mm. how women act i cannot wait to look at things through a queer lens next week so happy to chat with you renee uh, you know what the feeling is so mutual thank you for your artistic vision today with those accents <sighs> thank you for your bigfoot accent it really inspired me and it allowed me to really take my vision to the next level so i am nothing without you oh, you're my everything my only <laughs> my everything do you want to sing us out always <clears throat> ravage love ravage love bye bye Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS the number two J show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Ravage Love.